This week on Intrigued Full Effect. On a grander scale, I mean, she's pretty much laid out a blueprint to get away with murder in the state of Maryland. I think that's something that people aren't really looking at is she's laid a blueprint to get away with it. I'm Shandrea Thomas, and welcome to episode 46. In this podcast, I talk about curious cases, disappearances, and other stuff. And today, I'm talking about the latest developments in the case and the disappearance of Sarah and Jacob Hoggle, who vanished in September of 2014. Investigators say their mother, Catherine Hoggle, was the last person to see them and indicted her on murder charges in 2017. After a number of mental capacity evaluations saying Catherine was incompetent to stand trial, a second doctor has recently deemed Catherine Hoggle as unrestorable and unfit to stand trial. And because of a Maryland state law, if a trial date is not set within a five-year window of the charges being filed, those charges can be dropped. And it's possible that Catherine will never face a trial for the murder charges brought against her. On top of that, there's a real chance that Catherine could potentially be released from the mental facility that she's been treated at for years. According to local media reports, Catherine's attorney filed paperwork and requested a hearing to determine once and for all that Catherine is unfit to stand trial. I spoke to the kid's father, Troy Turner, his private investigator, Jared Stern, and Catherine's attorney, David Felson, about the case. This is what happened. So I've, I've been covering this case since, what, 2019. So where do things stand right now? Because I understand there was a recent development in the case um, regarding Catherine's status. And where do you guys see things going at this point? Um, so they came back with another um, assessment and said that she is still not competent, even though she check marks all the boxes to be competent, and that she is not restorable within a reasonable time frame. What happens now? So now we have a restorability hearing um, that's set for July, and at that point, uh, more than likely, they're going to drop the charges. Wow. So when you stop and look at that and what's happened since, what, 2014? It's been a long time. I mean, how do you feel about that, especially with everything that you guys have tried to do over the years? Um, I feel like I feel like pretty much everyone who is supposed to um, protect my kids and other people's kids uh, to protect victims in general, they're failing. Um, the Maryland, the Maryland House and Senate, they refuse to pass laws to fix what they admit. Um, they've admitted several times, several of them have admitted off the record who had something to do with passing a law that took out the death penalty, that it was a mistake that it went from 10 years to five years for these type of felonies and they refused to fix it. I don't know if it's, they don't want to admit they're wrong. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, we have, we've talked to countless people. Uh, some have tried to help. Some have not been helpful. And no one is willing to make the changes to protect the victims in cases like this. And no one is willing to make the changes that protect children instead of the people who are harming them. So what is that like for you? I mean, especially since you've been going through this process for years and years, at the very least of trying to get some degree of justice for your kids to try to find out where they are, what happened to them. Are you anywhere close to figuring any of that out? Are you guys just still back to square one? I'll be honest with you. You could look at, if you were to, let's say you pulled up my interviews or press conferences, things like that on YouTube. And other than, you know, if my facial hair is different or something like that, 
you wouldn't know the difference from the verbiage or from what's being said or what's being asked if you're talking about October. Uh, well, that's when I was searching for going, but say from October of 2015 to today, you wouldn't know the difference. It's the same things being said. It's the same things over and over again. It makes it also hard to draw the attention to my children because people are hearing the same thing. You know, it's she's incompetent. Um, however, she check marks all the boxes. She knows who all the players in the courtroom are. She knows what her charges are. She knows what the, uh, you know, what the repercussions would be if she's guilty. She understands all of that stuff. And. So by all definition, she's competent. But what they're saying is that I guess they're saying that she is unable to assist in her defense because they believe she's delusional. And what it looks, what it appears to be is that she won't say what she did with the kids is it seems to be is why she's delusional or, you know, they, it's, I don't know, to me, it's more of a criminal sticking to their story. I mean, like I watch lockup, you know, I mean, there's guys who are in there who still say they didn't do it. Uh, I'm sure there are some people who are wrongfully in prison. This is not one of those cases, clearly, though. It's just that she right now where we're at, the, when they drop the charges, if it goes to a civil commitment at that point, then it just becomes a matter of can she kind of therapy speak herself and play the system into where she is deemed not dangerous. At that point, she walks out of there. I know when we've had her civilly committed before, it's been 30 to 60 days and she's been able to walk out. Let's get some clarification about what's happening here, because I, I think um, the public needs to understand. And there's always been, I believe, this kind of thought that she would always be locked up or confined to some degree. And she'd actually pay the price in some way for what happened. But that's really not 100 percent true. So can you explain to me exactly what that means because she can essentially at some point be set free and walking on the streets right yes and more than likely that is that is more than likely what will happen i would say it is zero percent true that that narrative was put out there it was put out um wtop in our area initially did a story not that long ago right whenever i get i'm assuming felson call i'm not sure exactly what happened but they got the news that that she was found not restorable and what they put in their article was that she would never get out. And it's just entirely untrue. We met with the state's attorney's office. They believe what we believe that it, you know, they, they, no one can say a time frame of 60 days or six months or whatever, but no one really seems to believe who would be in the know that she's going to be there this indefinite time. I think people look to the wrong examples whenever they want to kind of figure out what's going on. So I've had people say to me, the guy who shot Reagan was in for 35 years. Well, he shot a president. He's a completely different kind of ill than Catherine Hoggle is. His mental illness is very different. So with those things, she, she, I would say she would, I would give it six months to a year. She'll be walking the street, if not sooner. And what is it about that, that, that really, I mean, aside from the fact that there were, there's no trial, I mean, at the end of the day, no matter what happens to her, or how that happens or where she ends up, you still don't know where your kids are. Right. On, on a personal scale, we still don't know where my kids are. We still don't have them home in any way, shape or form. If by some miracle she's telling the truth and they're out there alive, then they're still out there. Who knows if they've been sex trafficked? Who knows, who knows what situation would be? More than likely, and what we believe is that, that she killed my children and 
we still don't have their bodies recovered. We haven't been able to bring them home to show them the love and respect that they deserve either way. Uh, on a grander scale, I mean, she's pretty much laid out a blueprint to get away with murder in the state of Maryland. I think that's something that people aren't really looking at is she's laid a blueprint to get away with it. You know, when we talked before, I know there were all these theories about like where the kids could have been and, and, and all of that. I know you've hired an, a private investigator and I spoke with him. Um, so has anything changed? Have you guys been able to kind of check certain things off the list? Because I mean, there was a scenario that, you know, someone had the kids or they were in Scientology or all these other things. Right. Right. So I'm just wondering, were you guys able to kind of like cross certain things off on that? So we, the majority of those things are crossed off almost automatically, just in, when you look at things logically, uh, one of the, one of the things that my wife says a lot of times, you know, to our, to our son or to, you know, to our daughter is if it's if it doesn't make sense it's typically not true she couldn't get herself off of a four or five block radius in germantown in five days when the police were looking for her so to think that she had the resources to take my kids and get them out of the country but couldn't get herself out of that general area just doesn't make a whole lot of sense um a lot of the uh, in the beginning, obviously, we run out every lead we possibly could. We um, we've run out leads in Nevada, in Connecticut, in New Jersey. Uh, Detective Rubin, hell, he drove all the way up to New Jersey because it was taking them a long time to get this video to us to see if it was them. And he and you know, I I was impatient, and he's and he just said, Troy, I'm just going to handle it for you. And he hopped in his car and drove to New Jersey. <laughs> so I mean, it's. You know, and that didn't pan out. Uh, we had several in this area, in like Frederick, Maryland, where people thought they saw my kids at Lowe's. The kids were even reversed in terms of the age gap where the boy would have been, you know, in the in the video, the boy would have been older than the girl. And the kids were probably 10 and 12 years old versus two and three at the time. It's just, you know, people, a lot of times they kind of, they just want to help so badly. They see things that aren't really there. Uh, there was a lead that was from Utah, supposedly that didn't pan out. That was false. Uh, we've, we've had at one point and you, and you get leads that just aren't true either from people who want to help. Sometimes, unfortunately, even in situations like this, you have trolls. Uh, at one point, someone was trying to say they had seen my kids in Ireland. Untrue. Also, there was one where they were seen getting on a flight from Tallahassee, Florida, going to Ohio somewhere. I can't remember, but we checked that out. That wasn't true. So all the all the kind of leads had have been played out that are actual possibilities if they were alive. Uh, there was one where it was in, you know, in the D.C. area, Northern Virginia at uh, Red Robin. They were supposedly seen. We ran that one out. It wasn't them. Uh, so I would say. Pretty much anything that was probable or possible has been run out. And that was where I came to the point where I stood at the courthouse and said, you know, after the passage of time, I, I have to kind of face the fact that my kids are dead. So with everything that's happened over the course of time and just how are you functioning with this mentally? Because it has to be frustrating to A, not have answers, B, not know where your kids are, C, the person who you believe is responsible for this is not telling, giving you information and you know she was the last person to see your kids or to be with your kids. Um, how, how are you even dealing with that? And how is your son dealing with it? He's what, what 12, 13 now? Uh, yes, 13. And I, I would say like kind of backtracking because like in situations like this, especially when people 
some people want to believe what they want to believe. Some people don't understand whatever verbiage kind of matters. It's, it's not even a thought of, or allegedly, or maybe is responsible. Like she's 100% responsible for them being gone, whatever the capacity would be. Uh, she's admitted to that. She's the only one who it was even possible. And <clears throat> she, you know, and, and understanding that just understanding the, the pure fact of it, where there, it's not even a, well, you know, if she ever gets her day in court, we'll see if she's the one responsible for them being gone. It's, it's, it's a, it's a matter of fact that she's the one who took my babies and she's the reason they're not here at this point. Um, and understanding it under those circumstances, especially to where it's not even, well, you know, something happened and we're not getting a day in court to find out or to try to get justice against someone we believe did it as it being a matter of fact, and then having the system be the only reason that everything is held up. Insanely frustrating, especially when it's something that should have been fixed before my kids were even taken and could have been fixed in the time that we've been looking for them. Um, also just, you know, feeling powerless in terms of what I'm capable of doing, but feeling even more powerless in terms of there's no one to go to who is able to help or who can help the people who are supposed to help us just aren't. So it's, it's beyond frustrating. Uh, it's beyond feeling, you know, like there's just nothing you can do. Um, it's, I mean, it, it, it's not getting any easier with time. It doesn't get easier. This isn't one of those things where people say time heals all wounds. Well, not all of them. Um, some of them, it just rips open even more because every day they're not here is another day that I haven't had them in my life that, you know, they're, that their brother hasn't had his brother and sister that, you know, my wife has two kids out there that she looks at as her own after, you know, after being his mother and has spent as much time as anyone looking for him over the past six, seven years, you know, and she, it's, it's another day that she still doesn't get to know these wonderful kids that she, that she loves without ever meeting. It's just something that just doesn't get better. It just gets worse every day. When I spoke to Catherine's attorney, David Felsen, by phone, it was a brief conversation, but he basically said that a hearing is set for July of 2022 and that five doctors have deemed Catherine incompetent and that two others have determined that she is unrestorable. And that was pretty much all he had to say. How do you manage that with your with your son that you have um, with Catherine? How is he able to to kind of manage this, I imagine you have to, you know, look, look at yourself and try to make your, get yourself functioning, you know, to keep going, but how do you explain or how do you manage that with, with a, a child, you know, the one that you do have here? Yeah. Uh, with honesty and as age appropriate as we can. And as he comes to understand more, we kind of, it's more a matter of talking about his topics and answering his questions and just being as appropriate as we can for his age level and his maturity level and things like that. So he, you know, over the past, obviously he was five when this happened. Um, just, you know, different age ranges coming to different understandings. It's very hard for him, obviously. And, you know, and it's kind of rough on us at times having the converse, having the conversations with him. And, you know, a lot of times that falls on his mother because I'm, you know, I'm working or whatever. So if she's the one who's here with him and, I mean, some of the, some of the conversations are just heartbreaking. Some of them, you know, are, are just trying to make sure that we don't give more information than he's actually asking. 
Uh, but he he's come to understandings like, you know, he believes that they're more than likely dead now also. Um, and that's that was definitely and is never an easy conversation when we have those. Um, you know, he he misses them and he he goes through periods where, you know, where he he really struggles with things because of it. Um, but yeah, and then on, you know, and then obviously everyone still has to go about life because life doesn't stop. Bills don't stop. Um, so, you know, I have to work. I have to run my business, uh, those kind of things. And, you know, and owning a business, that means that I also have to make sure that the, you know, that my employees are taken care of and have the means to earn a living and things like that. So, you know, it's, life doesn't stop because of a tragedy happening and you have to figure out how to kind of get through it. So it comes down to you kind of run through your head over everything that's happened and you just ask yourself now what you answer the question and you go forward with it. Does your son have any contact or do you guys have any contact with Catherine's parents at this point? Like, or is that just pretty much uh, nothing? Not a whole lot. Not, not really. Um, just a function of, you know, of the situation overall. It's not like there's, you know, uh, this like hatred or anything like that. It's just, it's just not been a lot of contact due to um, some different beliefs. Uh, I think that, you know, they seem to believe and lean a lot more towards the kids are still out there and alive. It's not necessarily what I believe to be logical. And, you know, I'll kind of leave it at that. You hired a private investigator. Um, what is that experience? How long have you had a private investigator? And what, what did you guys actually kind of examine up to this point? We've had the help of private investigators from the beginning, from day one. You know, we, we had a, first we had probably, I'd say three or four of them that were helping out. And then um, through my attorney, I met Jared Stern, who offered to pick up, um, you know, and, you know, we kind of paid him what we could pay him and, and he just wanted to help. And then he's done a lot of stuff that quite frankly, he either hasn't charged or definitely hasn't charged anywhere near what it should be. And thank God, because, you know, we, we spent so much money on flyers and everything else. And there's so much other stuff going on. I mean, there's just not a lot we could afford with it. So, uh, he's been a godsend 2015. He came on. So he's been there for the past, you know, seven, seven and a half years. I had a conversation with Jared Stern, Troy's private investigator. He's been on the case for years. He sent me a recording of his thoughts about the case. Take a listen. Regarding regard to Catherine and how the matter was handled since the beginning, uh, if I were to critique that, I, I would say this. Uh, I think there has been too much indulgence of her this fantasy that she put the children with some family uh, somewhere and that she's not just not telling where they are for their safety. Her parents, uh, most specifically Randy, the father, um, who doesn't seem to have any real zeal uh, to get at the truth or get the truth out of her. And I think that's been a mistake. Both parents, but more so him, have just allowed her to... Uh, continue to spin this fantasy. Uh, you know, she thinks she's going to run out the clock. And I'd say in a nutshell, uh, I concur with uh, the law enforcement's theory that she put him in a dumpster. And uh, and there's a few reasons to believe that that, uh, certainly we don't know that with certainty, but um, there are a few reasons to believe that that is the most likely scenario. Uh, and it's it's one of only a few that could possibly be the case. And uh, And here's some of the reasons why that is. Uh, 
statistics tell us, and they tell us pretty accurately, that uh, people don't deposit deceased persons, murdered or otherwise, more than a certain amount of yards off of main road. And, and that holds true. If you go back and research cases, it holds generally true. There are probably some exceptions, but uh, we know her style of dress. We know her condition when she returned. Uh, it wasn't disheveled and covered with dirt. She wasn't out hiking in the woods and digging a proper grave and that kind of thing. We know that's not the case. Uh, so that's one reason. We, we know that the surface area of uh, the earth in this, in, in this uh, geography the coverage by police search, cadaver dog search, private detective-driven searches, uh, the natural movements of the population in this area, the natural coverage of the pets uh, um, in this area that would have brought you know, any remains to somebody's attention, the fact that a shallow grave uh, are generally dug up by animals, uh, coyotes, foxes, dogs, and that's happened. We, there's been some MS-13 killings that were... I believe uh, they were MS-13 where um, the deceased were dug up by animals because the grave was too shallow. And we know that Catherine didn't dig some grave to, to thwart that kind of eventuality. So, uh, I, yes, it's possible that there is some patch of woodland or, or grass uh, somewhere where they could have been deposited and not yet discovered. It's possible, but it, it's so unlikely that I think we can comfortably eliminate it as a possibility. Uh, not certainty, but reasonably likely. Uh, so that leaves you with a few others. I mean, they're certainly not in the trees, uh, but bodies of water is one, and we have done some searching there. C- certainly haven't searched ex- exhaustively the, the various bodies of water, um, but it, it's a less likely scenario. Um, there are scenarios where um, deceased persons have been disposed of in a, in a brutal and um, complete way, uh, but that's rarely done by women. It's, it certainly didn't happen in this case because, again, her the time she had, the resources she had access to, her condition, her state of being when she returned, we, we know that she didn't do something like... Uh, forgive me for mentioning it, but stuff like wood chippers and things like that. We know that didn't take place. So you are only left with a finite number of things that would get us to where we are now um, with all of the uh, aspects to where they are now. And the most likely of those is that she put them in a commercial dumpster or some other kind of refuse uh, disposal container because here in Montgomery County, uh, the trash gets shipped off to a place where uh, incineration takes place, and that would leave us where we are now. If she were to admit every detail of that, come clean fully, you still are nowhere further than you are now in terms of proving what took place. You would have her telling you, but you'd have no way to authenticate that. You would be left with the same scenario you are now, not knowing, not being able to prove, not having any evidence of only her telling a different story. And that's pretty unique. Usually when you have somebody uh, confess to a murder or disposing of a body, they can direct you to something, some physical artifact that substantiates what they're saying is truthful. But in this case, you don't have that. And that's a sad outcome because imagine that. She pops up one day and says, I'm going to do the right thing, I'm going to tell the truth, and lays out every detail. And what do you have? 
nothing but her telling a different story. And for the family, for Troy, uh, for the uh, remaining child, I mean, that is, that is a tragedy. Um, tragedy within another tragedy. He works very diligently. Uh, he's constantly trying to come up with ideas to find them. Uh, he built an underwater drone to look for them in waterways through Montgomery County. He's participated in searches with us and helped guide us in terms of that at times. I mean, he's he's been pretty amazing for, you know, for, for a crappy situation. <laughs> but what's next? Like, are you guys still doing flyers? Are you still doing social media? Like, is Right, there- so, yeah, we're, we're actually, um, Stephanie, I believe, is actually working on some newer flyers. Uh, social media, definitely. Um, we have the Justice for Sarah and Jacob. The Fine Sarah Fine Jacob is still up. It connects through the Justice for Sarah and Jacob. Um, I've <clears throat> I have a group page uh, that I started through my business, um, but it's not a business page. It's actually about getting charities and stuff together and doing good in the community. And that's the um, so I'm starting to use that more to share the kids stuff now that I have it more established. Uh, that's na- it's neighborhood improvement dash DMV area. So we're run- I'm running, I'm doing a lot of the sharing of the kids stuff through there now. Um, you know, so, I mean, we're, we're out there doing the social media. Uh, there's a Twitter, uh, Instagram that, um, you know, that my wife has set up. And so we, we get a lot of, input on there at times um some of it's helpful some of it is people just venting some of it uh you know we have people who do things like tarot readings and stuff who offer to try to help and we've accepted you know all ideas all kinds of help and some of those people have things to say that actually make sense with the facts that we have so whenever we get something like that we try to run it out and see you know what comes of it i mean we we've pretty much kind of run through every type of of lead or information that you can at this point. So now it's a matter of kind of going back to see uh, what can be kind of redone. There's a couple, there's two things that I was actually talking to my wife about um, the other night that we're going to try to retake a look at and see if anything comes of it. Nothing's perfect. I I don't believe that, you know, it's this perfect investigation, but I think that they're, they, I, I can definitely say they are trying. They have been, invested in it um i think the like i said i think the big thing at this point is kind of where we're at with the system and how it is definitely protecting Catherine hoggle i mean the i believe i believe that she's literally being protected at this point wow so i guess at the end of the day um what would you like to see happen? Well, let me ask you this. What would you say to all the people who have supported you, all the people who have tried to help you through this process, um, you know, as you move forward? And it's, it's not over just yet because there's still more to go with all of this. But as far as the support that you've gotten, you know, throughout all these years, what would you say to those folks at this point? I mean, I would, I would uh, first, obviously, thank you. Um, I can't thank the people who have been with us all this time enough. I mean, we have on one page, I believe like, like 13 or 14,000. Another one, we have 9,000. We have, you know, 20,000 people have been there from day one. Um, you know, uh, the, the, over the course of our searches, we've had thousands of people show up and volunteer to help in all different ways. Uh, the, just in, in the German town area, Montgomery County, uh, just from the 
just from the general kind of high school family that I went to at Seneca Valley, you know, I, I saw faces show up there that I hadn't seen for 30 years. Um, the county kind of took my kids as their own, you know, so I mean, I, I can't, I can't even express the amount of gratitude that I have for all those people. Uh, the media, you know, people talk about, you know, the media didn't do this. Or that. What I can tell you is that they helped me keep my kids to the front of DC doesn't even have a 24 hour news cycle to the front of a six to 12 hour news cycle for three months straight. Whenever I'd taken off work to keep them out there, you know, just everyone who's been supportive of trying to get to the answers for my children and bring my babies home. I, I can't thank them enough. I can't say enough good things about several people who, you know, who have shown up from day one. Um, I think that, I think, like I said, I think what probably the major thing is that people need to understand that the people who are, be, who are being protected aren't the ones who should be. I think people need to understand that literally, like I said, there's a blueprint that's been laid to get away with crimes and murder in the state of Maryland at this point. And I think the number one thing as far as our case specific goes is people need to understand she's not going to be in there forever. If the, and, and as far as it being over, it's not over until we bring my kids home, you know, until we bring my kids home, whatever capacity that is, it doesn't end. We're not going to give up. We're not going to quit on them. And Catherine Hoggle, if she, if they drop the charges, if she walks out of there in six months, whatever, that's not over. Uh, we still, you know, we are still going to do everything that we can to get her to divulge the information that at this point we believe only she knows. And we will apply pressure any way we can. When it comes to my final thoughts about the update in this case, I continue to think about how incredibly difficult it must be for Troy and his family to move through life with a horrible reality facing them every single day. Another thing Troy mentioned is that there is a misconception that Catherine will stay in some sort of lockup to pay for her actions for life. But Troy says there is a real possibility that Catherine could someday be set free. As for Jared, the private investigator, he's convinced that Catherine killed her kids and dumped the bodies. The bottom line in this case is that the location of the kids is still unknown and that makes this case so hard to absorb. There is a hearing set for the end of July and the judge can decide if Catherine will have more evaluations for a possible trial. Technically, prosecutors in the Montgomery County State's Attorney's Office do have until December of 2022 to bring that case to trial. And if not, those murder charges will be dropped. I'll keep an eye on this case and let you know what happens next. If you have a case that you want me to check out, just visit me on the Intrigued Full Effect Facebook page or email me at intriguedfulleffect at hotmail.com. Until next time, be safe and stay true. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Intrigued Full Effect, Curious Cases, Disappearances, and Other Stuff podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the host. The primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. The host of this podcast assumes no liability or responsibility for any activities in connection with opinions shared in the podcast. The podcast and blog associated with it shall not be used in any legal capacity or as a basis for expert testimony. Any copyright material in the podcast is approved by the owner or as part of the public domain. Music by Pond5.